33. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to the weekly show of what is school for. And this is the, the sister show of Classroom Without Walls. Uh, what is school for? This show is really inspired uh, by my interview with Seth Golden. I literally got those four words, what is school for, from his <laughs> mouth. So every time I go live, I feel obligated to give him a shout out. So on this show, I interview entrepreneurs and parents, leading educators, uh, startup founders, and business owners. We discuss, debate, and disrupt education. The goal is to future-proof the next generation. And ladies and gentlemen, and today we are all in for a treat. I'm so excited to have my old friend, uh, Brandon uh, Igranov, to be on the show and to talk about his journey from developing a business idea when he was 13 years old. Yes, 13 to growing that idea into a seven-figure business by the time he was 17. I was like, you know what? I had no idea what I was doing when I was 17. I wish I were as savvy as you, Brandon. You are just like really amazing. I can't wait to dive in uh, to your story, to learn and share some tips with everyone who's joining us live right now. We have quite a few people already, a dozen. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. And make sure you stay for the entire interview. You are going to walk away feeling inspired, some really practical tips that you can share with your own children, hopefully. And uh, so just in case you don't know who Brandon is, he is a 19-year-old. Are you 19 now or 19-year-old <laughs> entrepreneur? 20, just recently 20. Oh, okay. Almost 20. <laughs> so young. Okay. I double your age. Oh my God. Yeah. So he is the CEO and the founder of Hoopswag. And I'm going to share the screen because and what he does is really, really, really cool. And um, very interesting business idea. And by the way, uh, Brandon, their work has been featured, as you can see, Forbes, CN, Fox, and so on and so forth. Really amazing. So they make socks for you based on your specific interest. I also got some for myself at an event a few years ago when we connected in person. Uh, actually, at Dennis Yu, I think uh, he did this uh, face, uh, Facebook ads workshop. That's how we got connected. So really, really exciting and really interesting. And uh, and uh, thank you so much for joining us live, for being on the show, and welcome to the show. No, thank you for having me on. I'm super excited to answer questions and share it with you guys. So Yeah, definitely. So share your journey with us, which is really, really interesting. From developing an idea at such a young age to actually make this happen and to grow this into a seven-figure business by the time you were 17, Amazing. So share that story, share that journey with us. Sure. Yeah. So I, I sort of date my journey back even when I was, um, I, I probably would say when I was seven years old, um, like I, I, that's sort of when I got into selling stuff online and that was just me. I went to like a garage sale and I like fell in love with the concept of selling something from seven year old in Oregon to be able to ship something to the other side of the country. Like I thought that was super cool. And so between the years of like seven and 12, I did all sorts of stuff, whether that was like on eBay or whatever it was, um, just sort of testing how, how can I sell things? How can I buy something cheaper and sell it more expensive? Um, and I just thought the concept of like, even just the postal service was so cool. And so anything I could do with that was, was awesome. And so by the time I was like 12, 
Um, I grew up in Portland, Oregon. And so everybody here's parents basically that you were in school with work at Nike in some way, shape or form. And so we get all of the sort of new clothing and everything before everyone else. And I'm going to school and kids start wearing these like super expensive socks that are like $14 that are called Nike elite socks. They've got these little blocks on the back. Wasn't really sure why, but of course I joined in just because all my friends were doing it. And so pretty soon I have a couple pairs of these $14 socks, which for a sixth grader at the time is absolutely absurd. Um, and I was also the kid who really loved colorful things. And so I always had to have something that was like rainbow. Like that was my thing. And I was on Instagram one day and I found this super colorful pair of these Nike elite socks and everybody else had like black, white, blue, and red. And so I was like, I need to have these. So I ended up saving up one summer, bought a pair of these socks for like $40, which my parents at the time thought was absurd just because why is their 10 year old or 12 year old son spending $40 on a pair of socks? Um, and I, I was always very like, not cheap, but like I would never spend my money. And they're like, why are you spending your money on this $40 pair of socks, but not like ice cream with your friends? Um, and so I bought this pair of socks, wore them to school. All these other kids were like, oh my gosh, these are super cool. And we're asking where I got them. And so then I started to do some research into like, how do you actually print on socks? Cause I knew the white ones were $14 and I bought them for 40. And so I knew they didn't cost $26 to do the customization on just like by gut feeling. And so I did about six months of research working with like local print shops, people online, basically doing all the sort of digging that I could to figure out what it was that I could do to make them for myself. Cause at the end of the day, I, I at this point in time, I just wanted more socks for myself. And as soon as I sort of got that figured out, it was a process called sublimation. I was about 90% sure this would work. I found someone who could make um, samples in the local area, which was pretty difficult at the time. And I basically went, it was some dude in his garage, went in his garage, got these samples made. And then I just did what I already knew how to do, which was sell stuff on eBay. And so I took these samples and like proved the concept on eBay with these like half printed samples even. And I remember I sold them within like a couple of days and I was like, oh wait, like I might be onto something here. Like people bought these. And so at that point I basically put together what I call like a business plan, but it was just a giant Excel spreadsheet with like I was obsessed with Excel as a kid too. Like it still is one of my favorite things. Um, just like I'm a huge numbers dude. And so that was, I, I put together this Excel spreadsheet, but I have to sell this many socks. Here's how many I project I can sell. Here's how long it'll take. Here's how much the equipment is, all that sort of stuff. Um, and presented that to my parents essentially at the time who had seen all this other stuff that I'd done. And so like, okay, like he's not going to just take this and throw it away. Um, and so I ended up getting that loan, which was for like $3,000. Um, got my original like small printer, like the very basic minimal thing I needed to get started and just started selling stuff in my garage on eBay at first. And then it was like, okay, I'm on eBay. How do I turn this into something real? Um, which literally will lead me to like Googling, how do I start a business? Like, what does that mean? Um, and that led me to like registering an LLC. So I registered in like August of 2013. And at that point I had no clue what I was doing. Um, everything that I've done has pretty much been self-taught and that kind of stems from back then. I was like, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to test stuff, um, and watch YouTube videos. And so that was like making a website, starting an Instagram. Okay, great. I have an Instagram. How do I get a follower? Um, like all of this stuff that I just was, I had no idea because I'd never done it before. And so for the first year or two is a lot of very experimental things. Um, oops, let me turn that noises off. Um, there's a lot of very experimental things in terms of like, um, this worked, this didn't, if something worked in the marketing department, I would continue to do that and iterate on top of it. 
Um, and if it didn't work, I would drop it. And so I had to teach myself basically like how to code, how to do artwork for the socks, how to make socks, um, what even basic accounting is like all these tiny little soft skills that you just, I think we like overlook like for a 13 year old, someone has to, you have to learn that. And so I spent my first year or two probably, um, focusing on like picking up those skills, whether I knew it or not at the time, I thought I was just focusing on like trying to make the website work, but like little did I know I was actually picking up how to code. Um, and so then by the time I was 14 or 15, we ended up hiring like our first employee, which was really weird for me because I'm like a freshman in high school. Um, and I've got my mom's friend working in our garage while I'm at school. And so it's this very bizarre sort of, uh, scenario. And that's when it really started. How bizarre. Going. It is amazing. You no, know, it's super cool. It's super cool. Um, but like, I remember at the time I was like, Hmm, I'm just like sitting next to this kid in high school and his mom's at my house working. And I'm like, you're not going to believe this. Um, so yeah, I, I hired my first employee. And then at this time we were still printing on only Nike socks and like for a lot of reasons, supply chain, the cost of it and everything, we had to move to our own brand. And so I started working with Chinese factories to develop our own brand of socks. And once I developed our own brand of socks, we launched those in around like 2016. Um, we actually ended up building this warehouse on our property. I live on the five acres in uh, Portland. And so this warehouse I'm in right now, actually, we ended up building um, and like moved out of my garage onto a separate sort of property thing. Um, so that was a big step. And then from there, um, we, I mean, the thing was, is looking back, like, like you said, so I, I did sell a million dollars by the time I was 17. It was a very, like, at the time I didn't, like, that was obviously a very big milestone for me, but I was like, remember the article came out and I was like, Hmm, like, how did I get here? Like, I, I was just so in it that I wasn't even thinking about it. Um, but it was like, looking back, it was like, I'd been doing all these things to like grow revenue, like getting on new sales channels, working on building up my existing customer base, all these different little tactical things. Um, and it would been, it was like consistency over three years is like really what got me to that point. Like, I remember my first year, I think we sold like $10,000 worth of stuff and it was all over eBay. And so like looking back, it's, it's a very, it was a humbling thing to look back on. Cause I was like, I started from like just a kid selling stuff on eBay. Um, and just by kind of like pushing my own limits in terms of learning and what I knew to, how to do and didn't know how to do and asking the right questions. Um, I was sort of able to get to that point. And then by the time I was 17, we had moved into a, another warehouse. Like a, we're, we're in a real warehouse now. Um, and we had, we had probably like 20 employees that were part-time. Um, and fun fact, all the, the, all the employees are moms. They're like part-time moms that come in, drop their kids off at school and then come work. Um, so it's a super cool little like uh, community we have, but yeah, so we were in this real warehouse. Uh, I was like literally at high school and this whole thing's running. Um, like both my parents were working for me at this point. Um, and it was like really starting to like escalate, which was super cool. And my business is a little strange because we do about 80% of our sales over 20 days between like Black Friday and Christmas. So our, our prep is a little strange. We're like, we go really, really hard during Christmas. And then um, the rest of the year, we it's a lot of prep for that. That's, that's sort of what it's moved towards. And so by the time I was 18, I launched this other company that's called Pet Party, which is where, that's the ones that you got in um, Phoenix is the ones where we'll take people's faces or dogs or cats and then print them onto socks, which this was like sort of an extension of what I was already doing. But like, I love, personally, I love like coding and systems and all this stuff. And so that was super cool because there's so much tech that goes into doing all of that. Um, and then we launched another company that was called Lit Mitts, which are like the same concept but with oven mitts. Um, 
And so that was another, oh yeah, that's the site. That's the, the second one, the second company along. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, I, so now we do those, um, and it's just still expanding into a bunch of other fun stuff. Now we're doing a lot more with like teams. Well, we were, we were doing a large program actually, um, that had did very, very well over last, um, holiday season for like fundraising for elementary schools. Unfortunately that is now delayed a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, we're moving towards a lot of cool things. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited, but incredible oh my god you just dropped so much value everyone's like wow wow i just feel like what am i doing here right now amazing <laughs> so i kind of want to unpack the story a little bit many people join us live uh, parents entrepreneurs and i love this comment from vicky you know i think at one point brandon you even hired your own parents is that right yeah yeah no so i hired them when i was like I mean, so they had always like, I would argue that my parents were like my biggest mentorship just because that's what I grew up with. My dad was very entrepreneurial. My mom is like, I'd say like 60% entrepreneurial. She never ran a company, but just spirit wise. Um, and so I would, they were definitely like my biggest mentors. And so they, for them, like they're working from home pretty much. It, it's a good setup for them. And so it, it made sense. And so, yeah, they, by the time I was 17, I believe they were both pretty much full time. Before that, they were like helping when I needed it, but like, they were, they, I remember we had a conversation where they were like, so like this, we, we got to go one way or another. Like we're getting to a point where we're literally working like three or four hours to, during Christmas, like 10 hours a day. And it's not official. Like we either need to like drop our other stuff and work for you and like go all in on that or like go the other direction. You got to hire someone, which was a very interesting conversation to have brought up. Um, but it was, it's, I, I've loved the experience. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I, like kind of this is a similar question. And then uh, thank you for joining us live. He asked, like, uh, what are some specific things that your parents did? Because I think many parents, you know, as I'm a mom, we have two children and many people join us live now. They have children. We want our children to design, to create their lives, leveraging what is out there and to become the best version of who they are. Like you, you are constantly learning and growing. There's literally no limit. So we are curious to know, like, what were something that your parents did, like that were like intentionally cultivating you to embrace this entrepreneurial like spirit, to figure things out, to build something from nowhere. And wh like, where did you get that? You know, you mentioned it when you were young, you, you love numbers, you love selling stuff. So did you just born with that or your parents actually nurtured you to be like that? So what did they do? Yeah, I, I think I, I've, I I think about this question a lot, especially over the past year or so. Um, it was very interesting. I actually did a, um, a panel with them and that was very, very interesting for me. It was like getting their feedback because no one really asked them questions. Um, but I think there was a the couple things when I was younger, they were always very into like, we were playing math games, whether or not I knew it, that I think it made me very good at like math. Like I, I'm sure I was born with some level of intuition um, and, and just being born like more math oriented than I am writing, but sort of taking something that I was slightly good at and giving me the opportunity to enhance on it, which was like get better and better and better and exposing me to tools like Excel when I was seven years old. Mm -hmm. um, basically the other huge thing they did was, and this is for me and my brother too, because I have a younger brother who's two years younger than me and he's not entrepreneurial, but he's very entrepreneurial spirited in terms of like self-driven and will continue to learn things for himself, but it's just in like the science space. So that, that's something sort of interesting too. But what they would do is if we'd ever ask them a question, their first answer would be go Google it. 
And so it was for both me and my brother. And so by the time we were however old in high school, we were very good at Googling things. And like, it's not like they wouldn't give you the answer, but they would always have you go look up, like look it up first because you, you gain such an unbelievable amount of like just, just soft skills by learning how to like Google effectively find things that you're looking for online. And and it just makes you self-sufficient. And I I think that's what's contributed to a lot of my learning too, is I, I found that like, I can teach myself anything. Whereas like if I had asked my parents these questions and they just answered like even questions like when I was younger, I was like, like legally, like how do I start a business? They're like, Google it. Like, I don't know, like not my problem. Um, and in, in the nicest way possible, they were like, go look it up yourself. Like, and I think a lot of my parents' friends that I grew up with, like talking to them might not have done that. Um, they might've given them the answers for whatever reason, but the, the answer from them was always like figure it out because the skills that you're going to use to figure it out are more important than the answer itself. Yeah, you know, Marie Forleo, she said everything is figure outable. So I, I I love that. I love this tip. I think all of us watching this right now, parents, we should just ask our children, hey, Google it. Sometimes they may be frustrated, but that's kind of how they learn. That's amazing. Any other additional additional tips you can share with us kind of from the parents' perspective that worked really well? Yeah, I mean, I think also they... So when I say they had me Google everything, they did, but at the same time, they helped me to provide like resources that would allow me to be more successful in terms of there's things that you just don't know exist because you you don't know they exist. Like you haven't been exposed to these things. Like knowing that like entrepreneurship events exist, like that was definitely a push from my parents that were like, hey, like this thing exists, like you might want to check it out, right? They're not like go do this, but they're like at least look into it. There, there was that. There was, I, I remember my mom told me that when I was like, when I was probably 12 or 13, super uncomfortable talking of even in, in front of even like three people. And she like sort of pushed me. She was like, you should like go practice public speaking. And they like push you to like find your limits without pushing you over them. Because I think that like you personally have to make that leap over them. Um, but it's being able to expose you to new things that I wouldn't have known existed until I found out for myself. And so it's like an accelerated learning um, where they show me something exists. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. And I grab on and then I start I start learning. So like that plus exposing to a wide array of things, um, like business was the thing I fell into, but they always encouraged me when I was younger to try as many things as I could to sort of see what I, I, I found passion in. Oh, I love that. I just saw this uh, comment uh, from Vicky. Can you guys hear me okay? Or really hard to hear me right now? Can you hear me okay, Brendan? Yeah, no, I, I hear you the same. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, good. I just want to make sure the sound is on. So great. And uh, you are, you are building your business at the same time. You are still a student, you know, from middle school, high school. So I want to ask you, so how does almost like two parallel lives? So how do you integrate both? Like how is your education from like school-based education interfere or benefit this kind of self-directed learning and how like what's the relationship between the two how do you balance them how do you integrate them and uh, you know make them both work for you yeah i think i because i remember when i was in high school like i worked very very hard in high school to be able to do the business plus the the high school plus the sort of social life that i had um just because there is there's only so much time in every day and like for me, I had gotten myself ahead. I did this in like middle school. Is I was like I said, I was obsessed with math, and so I was always ahead in math. I'd actually gotten through like a year of high school by the time I entered because I was like the way the schedules lined up. I took these classes online in middle school, mm-hmm. um, 
And so I, I took what I found valuable out of high school, which for me was more so the social thing than anything else. Um, like that was something I wouldn't be able to get outside of school. Um, with that said, I, I still went to high school for three and a half, four years um, and, and took relatively hard classes. But the thing looking back now, like I didn't even realize again at the time is I had an application outside of school, which is what I think a lot of people don't have a link to during the time that they're in school. So like I remember being in coding class and all these kids are like, and I, I, my brother's learning to code right now. And he's even like, like, what do I make? And for me, that was such a given because I would just go do things that I was going to have to pay someone else to do anyways. Um, or like in calculus, like I never, I, I will say, I, I was always the kid that was like, why does this matter? Like we're not, we're never going to use this in real life. I have used a stupid amount of calculus in a sock company um, that I would have never guessed I would have ever had to use. And it, it's that plus just knowing this, like the, the, the I, I didn't go to college. And so that's, that's sort of a separate conversation, but just out of high school, the general education that I got, I do think was super important. How to write very basic copy. Like, am I able to write effectively? I'm able to like grammar, just very having the, it's like the core for something for you to build on. I think, um, I, I do think education is very important. I, I also think that figuring out what you enjoy learning and pushing towards that is even more important. And if you have an application, because for me, at least you become 10 times more driven if you have an application and you're interested in what you're doing versus sitting in some class that you've no interest in. Now, with that said, you don't, you have to take some of those classes to figure out sort of, are you interested? Are you not? Um, but in terms of like business education, crossing over with general, I don't think that they're like in two separate categories at all, because you can't have this business education without a general core of do you understand math, English, science, all the sort of basics, they all end up tying into everything at the end of the day. And so I, I didn't agree with that until looking back, I don't think, because I, I was that pessimistic kid in high school. I was like, mom, like, I don't need to learn. This is stupid. Like, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I might not agree with some of the, the strategies that they taught us to learn. I think there's more effective ways. But I think what the curriculum we were learning was actually important. Oh, very interesting to hear that. Do you think you will ever... Uh go to college, you, will you continue that journey or you are taking uh, a different path now? Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. To be completely honest with you, the only reason I am looking at college is from a social aspect. Like my, I have friends who were in similar positions. Some of them dropped their companies and went to college just for the social aspect. Um, what do you mean social aspect? Explain that to us. Yeah, like, so I basically, like right now, I mean, we're all at home, but like, I normally am traveling um, this time of year, but like on my own pretty much. Um, whereas all my friends, like anyone else between the ages of like 18 and 22 for the most part are in these super uh, congested areas in the country. It's very strange. Where like, I don't see normal kids my age unless I go to college campuses. And so like, it's very, it's very like, I love going to college campuses because I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like people like me, like they're my age. Um <laughs> And like, you see very, very few people. Like if you go to conferences, a lot of people are 23, 24, the youngest sometimes, depending on the conference. Right. Um, and, and there's that. Plus I have friends, but they're also all, I would consider like very entrepreneurial and I have, and they're not in college, but like the percentage of those people compared to like my friends that went to high school, I think there's something to be gained in terms of like for social and personal development from just going and interacting with people your age every day. Um, and, and that's something that I made a decision that I, I, didn't want to miss out on the opportunity cost of what else I would be missing. Um, and that's something that I, I sort of decided, but I always question, like, should I go to college? Like to get the, the social personal development? Cause it doesn't translate to like dollars in any sense or, or effect on the world, but it's one of those things you don't know how that would affect you in, in 20 years. 
And so that's a constant sort of question in my mind. It's like, okay, that's great. I can do all this business stuff that I want, but at the end of the day, like, am I moving forward as a person too? Oh, I love it. I think because like based on my research and my interaction with the students, you know, having business success is only one aspect of success, right? How much money are you making? But I just love how you are talking about the social emotional element. And I have met people who are very like smart in one aspect, like math or, 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 or science, but they really like social emotional intelligence, not just young people, but older people. Like it is very hard for me to do business with those people, even though they are very smart, super, super smart in terms of what they do, but they don't have the social emotional intelligence or skills to collaborate, to, to make group work work. So I really love how you are like working on that and developing that. And that is, Congratulations and really, really happy to hear that. And I want to go back to what you mentioned earlier, you know, this like personal connection, which is something that my children are very young and five and eight. And my husband and I were trying really hard to help him to draw a personal connection between what they are learning and their life, you know, why this matters to me. Like, how is this going to improve my life? You know, one of my very favorite educators, his name is Daniel Pink, and he mentioned for any transformation to happen, there has to be three kind of elements. And one of the three is purpose. So I wonder if you can share with us some tips to help children to, you know, amazing for you that you have this kind of calling, okay, I'm going to work on my sock business. But for others who don't really have a business, how can they make learning more personal? Like, I'm investing this because, hey, this is helping me. So I need, like, tips and advice you can share with us. Yeah, I mean, the point you bring up is very interesting because I, I've questioned this a lot. Cats. <laughs> That's funny. Um because yeah, like in my case, I had a very specific application for my education, um, but I in no way, shape or, or form would I expect anyone else to have a business to apply this to. Um, but I don't know that it has to be a business. Like I said, my brother is in a very similar boat and I, it's very interesting to look at what he's done because he's very interested in science. Like the kid will spend hours and hours and hours learning about science and then like mm -hmm. talk your ear off about science things has no, nothing to do in terms of like making money or any of that stuff, except for the fact that like he's genuinely interested in it how he came across that. I think he was exploring YouTube and it was like watching enough YouTube videos. and was like, Oh my gosh, like this is super cool. Cause you know, when like you catch onto an idea and you're just like, like this, it hooks you in. Um, it, and it's, I think it's one of those things. And so in terms of the example you just presented, I think it's, it's a matter of exposing yourself to a wide variety of topics, um, and getting comfortable with like putting yourself in these uncomfortable situations where you might not belong, where like, I remember the first like events that I went to or anything like this, I was so uncomfortable to be there, but I soon figured out, I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I love this. But part of what I liked about it was the fact that I was uncomfortable because I know when I'm uncomfortable, um, there's the potential for me to like pick something new up. Um, but sort of getting the extra little, like the, to have the emotional backing, I think by my parents and, and urging me to go do those things and like giving me those opportunities. Like sometimes that's, that's bringing them up for me and being like, Hey, like you should really go check this out. Um, even at a younger age, like I was in all these weird clubs. Like I was in a Lego robotics club. I, uh, played sports. Like I, I tried all these different things. Um, and so giving your kids the opportunity to do that without deciding for them and without being like, Hey, you need to do this, this, and this. Like I, I know kid, I know parents who will be like, no, my kid's going to play six sports by the time they're 12 and whatever. And it's like, no, like how about they play one and then see how that goes. And if they love it, like let them keep doing it. You might suggest they try another one. Um, but I think it's like 
being able, there's a very fine line of being able to provide resources and allow them to make their own decisions versus pushing them to do something. And so, oh my God, you are speaking my language. I, I so agree. You know, I think parents are facilitators. We need to, our job is to activate our children. What exactly. is already within our children instead of, you know, be a helicopter parent, like imposing them. I love this. So people are really interested in your parents. Apparently they're amazing <laughs> because you are a reflection of them. So Alice asked, like she's interested in learning more about your parents do or what they used to do. And you mentioned that they're kind of into, into entrepreneurship themselves. I don't know if you are comfortable oh, yeah. with sharing. And so what do they do or what do they used to do? Yeah. They work for you. <laughs> um, yeah. So my mom was, so they met in college and then my mom, they moved to Portland, which is where we live now. My mom ran, uh, she ran an IT department at Wyden and Kennedy, which was like an advertising firm. Um, and then she basically stopped working once she had me. And so then she was basically a stay at home mom. Um, and then my dad worked at a analytic web analytics company before like Google analytics existed. It was basically that, but like old, um, called web trends. And so they both also, they, the, the, here's the best part. They met working at a computer lab in college. That's my favorite part. Um, but he was working at a company called web trends, which was like data analytics and like basically like Google analytics before it existed. And that was also in Portland. And so they, that he worked there probably till I was five or six, seven and left the company and started his own agency, which basically would just take work from them. Um, and so he, he ran this basically web agency for five, six, seven years. Um, and they, on the side, he, he had like two or three startup ideas that were like at web apps that never ended up taking off. Um, but he did end up getting developed and, and, and that's sort of like their brief background to the extent of, I, I know. Um, but after that they sort of moved over, but like growing up, my dad would always entertain us with these ideas because his friends thought of the same things. Like he, he let us hear in on those conversations and like included us. And so hearing about how that worked and then like my mom would run the accounting for his business. And so we'd have these interesting conversations where like me and my brother are sitting in the car and we're listening to like a real business conversation that would go back and forth. And, and so that's sort of where we started to develop that. And once they, like, I'm more entrepreneurial, like I said, but once my dad sort of figured that out, like we, we bounced ideas off each other all the time. And now we're at a point where like, um, he's basically loves the, the concept for the socks. Like that, that's great. And he really likes working on that. And so that's, he, he works on that full time. But on the side, we also are always bouncing ideas. Like we can't sit at a dinner table without like new stuff just popping up all the time. So it's like a mastermind on a daily basis. I love yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love this comment. Everyone loves your story, by the way. So this comment from Megan, she said that you succeeded because you really see the connection between your real life and uh, like math, for example. So I think that is like so far, at least one of my biggest takeaway to really see the connection between what they are learning and apply it to real life. And then that's how, how you kind of make it uh, more personal. So that is really incredible. I'm sure, you know, as you, you have been on this journey for quite a few years, you know, when I hear this seven figure, such a young age, and it just sounds so amazing. I'm sure you have encountered many, many, many challenges. So I wonder if you can share some like roadblocks or challenges that you have encountered, especially in the very early days, and how did you overcome them? And what was it that kept you going on this journey? Yeah, I mean, the first one was like something as simple as, um, how do you make these socks? Like that was a massive roadblock. That was a six month roadblock actually. Um, 
and there's no solution to that. Like my, my solution was I'm going to like brute force my way through this, which was asking as many questions until I got to the answer online. Um, and it was something like that when it does take that long, every time you like get through one of these, these bumps, right. You, you learn why the bump exists and how you got over it. And so you're able to take on these bigger and bigger and bigger bumps. Um, and so like, there was obviously like, there's so many day-to-day things that go wrong. Like it just like we run into problems with like, I don't run HR. I've never worked at a company. Um, I don't know how HR even works other than my experience of talking to people who have been in HR and have worked at companies. Um, but like, I think one of the biggest themes growing up um, doing this is like, what is HR? How do you, how does a 15 year old hire and manage an employee? Um, like there's road bumps with that minor stuff, sort of like that every day. Um, but one of the first major, like really like uh, kicks to the chest that I ran across was, so we spent six months probably um, working to develop our own line of socks because this is like something we needed to do for the company to get away from Nike's supply chain. And so again, I ran into the same issue, which is like, how do you design your own line of socks? There's no answers on the internet to that. There's no like Google, just like Yahoo answers type thing to that. So after a bunch of research, I figured out we needed to work with the sock mill. So I found the sock mill in uh, North Carolina, which is like where they all are in the US. We started working with them, got these samples. They were great. Um, had to learn all about how like socks are made and all that sort of stuff. And at the time, like we were by no means like, um, like cash flow is a constant issue in this business because you have to order inventory and all this stuff. And I remember we placed an order for, I believe it was like 5,000 pairs and it came out to like 10 or $20,000 in revenue or in uh, the, the, the purchase order was, which at the time was like, a, that was like more than we had our bank account. Like that was the whole thing. Um, and I was like, yeah, but like, this is like the next step. And that was the minimum order. So we placed this minimum order and we get the socks and they're just absolutely nothing like what we ordered. And I was just so confused. I was like, wait, did I do something wrong? Like I started freaking out. And then you get in contact with them and long story short, it ended up just, they completely screwed us over and we're just out the money and we're with these socks that we can't do anything with. And so at that point I was like, great, like, um, this could easily go down the drain super easily. Um, or you just keep moving forward. And like, for me, I was still passionate about, like, I was so passionate about what I was doing that I was like, I'm not like, who would I be to stop at this point? Like, I feel like I've already put in so many hours at this point. Like I, I it's a lot, it's not a lost cause. Like I, I can't just stop. Um, and so in a way it almost became more motivating because then I was like, okay, um, this is going to be a great story to tell one day about how I completely got screwed over by the, or the American company and had to go overseas to get a Chinese company to make this work. Um, and, and it was like little things like that. There were so many times we were so close to going completely under um, or like during Christmas, because I said all of our sales are during Christmas. Like when we were first starting the first years, your cash would go to like negative $50,000 on credit cards because you have to order all this inventory ahead of time and then pray that it sells. And there's no way to know if it'll sell or not. Or like during Christmas one year. So in 2016, I believe about 80% of our sales were done via Amazon selling the Nike socks, right? So these Nike socks cost, I believe they were somewhere between eight and $12 printed. Um, and so the cost on those versus like our other ones are, it's very expensive. Like, so let's say it costs $10. Um, it's very expensive to keep that much inventory in $10 units. Um, and we'd sent it all into like Amazon prime to get, so they were fulfilling all of it. Well, someone, our competitor, we're pretty sure comes in and like basically reports us as fraud on Amazon. Um, so what Amazon does, they just shut you off and they don't tell you why they don't tell you how to get back on. They basically put you in timeout and like, we're clueless. Like we, we have like no idea you hit the appeal button. It doesn't really do anything. 
they have like a, a letter that they you have to submit to get back on. And like I said, this was during those 20 days of the year where we're selling all of our stuff. And so we've prepped all year. We put all of our money into this and they just took our sales channel away. Um, lots of lessons to be taken away from this, but like I basically had to figure out that we had to hire an Amazon lawyer because that's a thing. Um, and they had to write a very, very specifically worded letter and we're back on, but we lost six days. Um, and like that very easily could have put us out of business if we didn't have like the resources that we did and had planned the way that we did. Like if we'd gone, luckily we didn't go a hundred percent in on that, but if we had, like we would have been out of business. And so there's so many like close calls like that, um, that I've been lucky enough where I haven't been completely like nothing beyond a shadow of a doubt put out of business. Um, but like, there's all these mistakes that you can make because you don't know there are even mistakes to make. Um, so, so there's, there's a, there's a hundred different stories like that, but it's, it's very interesting because you move past them and you almost forget about them because you just talk it away and you keep moving on and, and you figure out where you went wrong and how you can not make that mistake again in the future. Um, but now when I run into these bumps, like it, it's also helped me emotionally. Like I don't get too freaked out. I feel like I have a very good control of my emotions at this point because I've like been able to, I, I've like in those situations, I used to like freak out and yell and like, I've come to realize like that does no good for anyone. And actually it's just like makes the whole situation worse. And so going through those really tough situations make you better and better. Um, whereas like now, if I were to encounter one of those, it's like, yeah, it sucks, but you just have to take actionable steps on how you're going to solve it. I think what you are, you, you have to share with us is such a great example to show to parents, you know, like learning knowledge is important, but more important than that is to build characters. You know, you don't give up, you keep going, keep going, you figure things out. And oh, I just love this. Such a, such a like really incredible journey. That's amazing. That's really, really amazing. I know I kept seeing this <laughs> and uh, but it really resonated a lot with me. So thank you for sharing the challenges. I'm sure as you keep growing and dream like bigger and even bigger, you are going to run into bigger challenges, but with this solid foundation, you can, you know, you can keep moving forward. Yeah, I love it. So I want to ask you, by the way, uh, we have a mutual friend. Woody is here. Hey, what's up, Woody? <laughs> uh, so great to see you. And uh, so share with us, you know, I want to ask you about social media because as a kind of an educator myself, I'm also running my own school. So I talk a lot about social media. And one thing I noticed among the young people like your generation is many young children, they only use social media for like passive consumption, uh, watching videos, games, uh, entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how you are using social media and what role does social media play in your business success? Yeah, I, it's, it's oh, by very... the way, I'm sharing uh, Brandon's uh, Instagram link and website. Go order some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. So to your social point, I, it's very interesting to see how it's kind of developed, especially with like TikTok over the past year. Like that's been a very interesting thing to see. Um, but like for me, when I started getting, I wasn't on social media until I was 13. Like my first account was my company account. Um, and I didn't even have a personal Instagram until like two years ago. But what I found is that like, at least for me, I might like my business. I, so I, I obviously spend a lot of money on Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, like that's a very core piece of something that drives a lot of revenue for us. Um, but in terms of social, like I started on Instagram, just sending socks to these influencers, which weren't even called influencers back in 2013, 2014. Um, they were just people with a lot of shoes that would wanted my socks. And like, that's how I would get content. And little did I know that was basically influencer marketing at the time. Um, but social is so cool because it opens so many doors. And like, I look at, 
I, I, whether or not uh, social has very, uh, has obviously affected my business in a ton of ways and people that you meet, but like, I look at social almost as like a link to a real like relationship with someone mm -hmm. where like, and I think this is what a lot of younger kids, like ages, probably like eight to 15, haven't fully come to understand yet. Um, is like social is a great way to find out that people exist and maybe find that people's your, your, your thoughts and your morals align, but it's a very important step to take that to the next step because you can only build a relationship so much online. Don't get me wrong. Some of my best friends are all online because they live all over the place. And I've only met these dudes three times in person, but like, they're some of my best friends and I FaceTime them all the time. Mm -hmm. But like, there's definitely something to be said for, okay, I met this person on Instagram or whatever. How do I take this and create a very meaningful relationship with them? Um, and I think there's a very important aspect of that that comes back to like, what we did 20 years ago, which was like where you meet people in person and like actually build a relationship with people. Um, and I, I think that is one thing that's definitely missing and will be very interesting to see how kids that are young and might not have that, or even know that aspect exists yet um, to see sort of how that develops. But like with being surrounded by content all the time is also another whole scary phenomenon. In my opinion, like there's an endless source of content and now all these platforms are optimized to make you watch as much of it as you can. And like, so I have this one friend who I love talking to because he's completely blind to all trends. This guy is like 21, very successful entrepreneur, but has no, like he didn't know who like Gary Vee was the other day. We had this whole conversation. I was like, like, that was like, how do you not like, you're an entrepreneur. Like, how would you not know who that is? Like even that he existed. Right. Um, but he's like not on social or anything. And it was so interesting to have this conversation. Cause he's completely like, I feel like it makes it, it, you don't realize that you're being pushed down all these paths where like you just start cutting stuff off because you wouldn't even think about it because it's not normal or industry standard. Um, and so being able to like remove yourself from social at the same time and like be able to think outside the box is very important. But um, yeah, restricting your content, um, not necessarily what you're watching, but like just amounts and making sure you think for yourself still is very, very important. Um, and then also making sure the content that like you're consuming online and everything you take in because they, they say that like, you're like the, the common of like the five people you spend the most time with. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, what does the content you watch say about you? Like that's got to shape you in some, mm -hmm. some form too. So, but some of my best ideas have come from watching YouTube videos on random things at 3am. So there's definitely two sides to it, but. Yeah. I mean, like having a balance. So you were talking about TikTok. Are you on TikTok? I am not personally on TikTok. I will watch. I have a guilty obsession of watching TikToks though. Yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of uh, the young children's space. So many people are like watching TikTok. Yeah. And uh, can you give like earlier you shared some really incredible advice for parents. And can you also share some advice for children, for young people like you, you know, especially if you can trace back to, uh, to the younger version of you when you were like 12, 13 years old. What would you tell them, you know, if you could have this face-to-face -face conversation with those young people with so much information out there, so many opportunities out there, what would you share with them? Maybe like three pieces of advice. Yeah, I think number one, um, and I say this all the time, but if you can learn how to learn and that's like figuring out how you best intake information. Um, so like for me, I figured out that was through like video content and then actually doing and like screwing stuff up and Googling the answers. Um, like I, I figured that out when I was a freshman in high school and I've been able to teach myself so many different things, but at the core of all of it, it's like, I figured out how I learn and how I most effectively like take in information. And that has been so huge because it's, no one can argue with that. Like you can learn anything. Um, all the information's out there on the internet. It's just a matter of like actually Googling it is all it is. Um, and then, and then parsing that out for yourself. So I, I think learning how to learn is extremely important. Mm -hmm. I, I would also say that, 
just starting um, without a plan sometimes is very good. Um, I, I, you could say I had a plan, but internally there's so many different stuff that I've worked so much different stuff that I've worked on that like just doesn't have a plan. And I feel like people way overthink about you need to plan this and that and whatever. And I love this saying it's called, we, we always say this, me and my friends now we go, Oh, it's a later issue. Like all this, all this, there's, there's times to plan. And hey, that should be all your socks. <laughs> I was thinking on a t-shirt. No, no, no. Should be all, your socks. all my socks. It's a later issue. Um, yeah, but I just love it. Cause it's like, yeah, like find something. If you're passionate about it, chase after it. Um, and, and think about the super technical logistical things later if you have to, um, because the reality is you're going to screw up and that's what you're going to learn the most out of. Like if I, if I lost everything today, I wouldn't care because like I, the value of what I've picked up is the skills that I've learned and the soft skills and that sort of thing. Um, it's not the company itself. The company is great, but like at the end of the day, I'm, I, I'm appreciative for like the soft skills I've picked up. And so like just figuring stuff out and, and going with the flow, I, I think is, is so important. And I know like even in high school, like I'd have these conversations with the kids are like, yeah, but like, how did I start? A, like, I can't start a website. Like I don't have a, a, a domain name or I don't have a, a business license. And I'm like, just, just go sell, like do something. Like you'll figure that out along the way. You'll figure out when you get there, um, when that becomes the bottleneck and why you can't get past it. But like, don't worry about stuff that's two years in the future. Cause otherwise you're never going to do anything because there's always a million things that you're gonna have to get by. It's just a matter of what you get so by first. True, so true. So true. I mean, last year I had my very first program, uh, with my, within my own school classroom without walls. And it was really just an idea. I, I just like started like going with the idea. If I knew, you know, in retrospect, if I knew how much work was involved, I wouldn't even get started. Even like live streaming, if I knew how much I have to do with live streaming, I wouldn't get started. Seriously, I just kind of got started and figured it out on this journey. So I love that. I also love how you mentioned, you know, soft skills so much. This is something that I'm super passionate about. And I think this is really missing in our school's curriculum. So I wonder when you think about your own life, failures, mistakes, and successes, so on and so forth. So what do you think are some really important hard skills and soft skills that really helps you achieve the success that you have today if you yeah. kind of summarize plus yeah hard skill wise um if you can count learning as a skill i would say that's number one um number two though coding if you can just learn even very basic coding i think that has provided such a general structure for how so many businesses function because it's not about the coding it's about how the coding works um and, and fundamentally understanding the way that basically everything in our society is built off of um, provides such a deeper level of understanding and how things connect like that. I, my brain just connects things now. And that's all because I've learned like how code, I didn't know that learning how to code a web page would teach me that, but like it does. Mm. Um, I think that's definitely the most important hard skill, um, which I wish every like 12 year old in the country would just be forced to, in school to learn how to code. Cause it would be extremely valuable. Mm. Um, in terms of soft skills, I think communication and like just emotional intelligence and being able to like have a conversation with someone, um, be, being able to pick up a conversation with anyone and asking questions and being genuinely interested in people. Um, I, cause you'd never know who you're going to talk to. And like I said, it's the same thing in like sparking interest. You, you never know what someone, someone could say something, one sentence to you and you're like, Oh my gosh, like it sets off this domino effect. Um, and so meeting people that you wouldn't normally meet, and it's very difficult to do that without the soft skills of like communication and being able to have a, a conversation and care about people. So I think those are definitely some important ones. Uh, totally. You know, speaking of communication, I, I think, you know, like for you, you're like 
the last time I chatted with you in person was already a few years ago. I, I can see how much you have grown just in terms of your soft skills within such a period of short period of time. And I have met so many my own undergraduate students. I'm talking about like 20 years old, 21 years old. They cannot communicate. And I think it is very important for us as parents to really create a mixed age environment for our children to practice communication skills. You were talking about talking with your peers. I think that's good. I think also talking to people who are younger than you, who are older than you. And I think many young children, they really struggle with that, talking with people who are very different from them, like in terms of skin color, you know, accent, and also in terms of age. So I really uh, like, I, I, like communication is such, such a, such a important skill. Pretty much every tech person I talk to, they talk about the importance of soft skills, which is uh, really, really interesting. Yeah, so thanks for sharing that yeah. yeah yeah and what are you like uh what have some big ideas that you are working on right now you have how many business do you have now two or three so they're all technically under one business where we do the manufacturing and then there's just brands laid on top of it so it's just different sock companies um but so oh, my by the way i love this comment from phil he said that he uh wish i should have some socks with my own logo i'm going to order some can i send you my logo like class yeah without okay awesome. yeah we can do that <laughs> <laughs> um I love it. yeah so i i run the sock company which is almost more like a manufacturing company um with brands built on top of it so that's all one um because we just make different kinds of socks but they're all really the same socks um, and then the other, my, my, addiction to side hustle stuff. Um, so I work on a bunch of other things. So like right now I'm working on developing like a platform that like basically takes long form content and then chops it up into shorter, like social shareable things, but it's like fully automated. And so you feed in a long piece of content, um, and like the whole process to get from like, let's say we took this podcast, we'd get like five social shareable things out of it. Um, so I'm working on doing that it's automatically. Uh, there's people behind the scenes, but like for you automatically. Wow. Um, so I've been, I've been working a lot on that. I spent a ton of time doing research into, um, different like e-com stuff. So that's like Facebook ads, the, the advertising space. Um, I started a film company, a creative agency, essentially, um, where we travel and film commercials and stuff for companies. Um, I spend a large amount of time doing coding side projects, things that are like, in, sometimes we use them for my company. Most of the time we don't. Um, there's just all these ideas that are always floating around and I, I, yeah, you can consider them a waste of time, but like, I, again, it's about like screwing this stuff up and learning from it. And so like that, that's why I do it. And it keeps my mind interested. Cause if I just did socks the whole time, I'd get bored, but I oh, use totally. the, the sock thing as a vehicle to do and test new things. I mean, like when I had uh, the former uh, former VP from of innovation from uh, Disney on the show a few weeks ago, and he talks about the same thing. You know, diversify your professional background, work with people, and talk with people who are totally different from what you are doing, and that's how you gain really innovative ideas. So I think you are absolutely on the right track, just intuitively. <laughs> that's amazing. So, uh, what are some? Uh, who are you like favorite teachers, mentors that you think we should follow? Young children should check them out some tools that you use to stay productive you know on oh my gosh three businesses and work on this and that so how do you balance everything productive uh, productivity tips or books or favorite like mentors that you think we should follow and check out yeah it's funny i don't know that i follow anyone specifically i i try to keep my my eyes open in that sense like I, I stick to my YouTube recommended, which generally has a ton of random things pop up on there. Um, 
in terms of like productivity, like I feel like at least for me, I don't take a ton of like necessary external inspiration. I would say like for me, it's very self-driven. Um, my email is like how I manage everything. And so I, it's a numbers game. Like I want the email to be at zero. Um, it never is, but like in terms of productivity, that's, that's where I'm at. I take random book recommendations from friends um, in terms of like, I've read all sorts of Roman history stuff. Um, and then there's stuff about, I love biographies. Those are super cool because they're coming from or autobiographies because they're coming from their point of view on how they sort of walk through that stuff. Um, but in terms of like specific people that I look to for advice, I don't know that there's anyone specifically, but like I subscribe to a bunch of independent newsletters that I like reading, um, that are like in the social space. Like there's, and it's none of them specifically, there's like 15 of them. And if the headlines are interesting, I'll read their stuff. Um, but it's like, I, I try to be as like wide faceted as I can so that I don't get stuck. Amazing. I hope one day you will consider build a school and I will send my own children to your school. That sounds really amazing. I just love everything you do. And so share with us, where can people learn more about you from you and so different social media channels I have been sharing. So I don't know if Instagram is your most uh, active platform. So share with us, where can people get a hold of you? Yeah, I, I unfortunately am not very active on social. I check social all the time. I don't post a lot, but I'm on Facebook just with my name um, or she's got my Instagram down there. Um, and then on my Instagram, my email's hooked up to it. I will never, I always respond to emails. So if anyone ever does want to get a hold of me, email is definitely the best way. Um, but it's Brennan Agardoff, so my first name, last name, 74 at gmail.com. So that if, if anyone has any questions, I'm always happy to help with anything. So. You are just so amazing. Oh my God. I, I, I said this earlier. I wish I were as wise as you are when I were like younger. So I'm learning a lot from today's live streaming interview and every single person joined us live also loved it. Thank you so much, everyone. And thank you so much, Brandon. You are amazing. I think this is only the beginning for you. And I can't wait to meet you in person a few years later. Be like, don't forget us. <laughs> of course not. No. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It's always it's always fun to catch up and uh, share what's happened. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brandon. And thank you so much, everyone. Join us live. I appreciate you. And stay safe and wash hands. And uh, have a great weekend. Thank you so much. See you next Friday. Same time, same location. Bye.